This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi, come on in. It's the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Another edition of the Black and Blue Report. Right in the middle of the week and the start of the Saints week. I'm Sean Kelly. Welcome into Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. We've got a very busy show for you today. There is a lot of news uh, around the Saints and the Pelicans and certainly worldwide too. And as we begin on this Wednesday, I do ask that you say a little prayer for the uh, folks in Mexico City and surrounding areas and also in the Eastern Caribbean and certainly um, with our protectorate there in Puerto Rico. It is something to behold and and certainly my heart breaks a little bit for what we're seeing in those regions of the world so as we begin keep them in your thoughts i know many of you are already tuned into that and have already said some prayers uh just let's just add on a little bit more so with that being said we are rolling here on a wednesday we've got both saints and pelicans news for you to talk about we also have two great guests today uh mick mixon the voice of the carolina panthers will begin our our uh, game preview for this weekend and then on the Pelican side, we are days away from the start of training camp, and an old friend has returned. Darius Miller is back with the New Orleans Pelicans, the new and improved Darius Miller, and we'll get our first visit with him since he rejoined the ball club, or at least my first visit with him. I think he's probably talked to a few folks, <laughs> but certainly he'll uh, he'll uh, make his black and blue report debut for this new season here on our show today. I mean, media day is on Monday. Can you believe that? And then practice begins on Tuesday, and uh, we'll talk more about this at the end of the show in our final segment with Darius, but a chance for you to watch the Pelicans practice during training camp, an open practice one week from Saturday, that's September the 30th, and I'll have some more details for you uh, before we get done today. On the Saints side, news regarding Stephon Anthony, the former first-round pick. The linebacker has been traded to the Miami Dolphins uh, for a future draft pick. I think what they've determined, at least what I've read in reports, is that's going to be a fifth-round pick. Uh, in 2018. So I don't know if that news has been uh, officially confirmed by the team. That was just a report I read. But nonetheless, Stefan Anthony has been traded to the Dolphins. We do know that. And uh, certainly that was first and foremost uh, on the minds of the media and Saints head coach Sean Payton when they got together for their conference call earlier today. In fact, uh, he was asked first question right out of the gate. Head coach Sean Payton was asked about uh, the move that sends, sends Anthony to the Dolphins. Look, I think there came a time in, in, in where he was at with regards to where we were at in his development. Um, I think, unfortunately, his injury during training camp, uh, you know, really prevented him from getting the, the snaps we were hoping to say, hoping to see. And, Ultimately, it came down to a decision roster-wise for us. Um, I love this kid. You know, I think the world of him, and uh, hopefully he can he can bounce back and make an impact for Miami. So kind of a natural follow-up to that question was, what does that mean now for the depth at the linebackers' positions uh, for the New Orleans Saints? Coach uh, addressed that and a follow-up to the question as well. Well, look, what – we're constantly paying attention to our own depth. I mean, um, you know, Robertson, Stupar, Big Hills come up. Um, you know, we'll we'll be smart there about 
going into a game and then also handling the week's work at practice. Hey, let's stay with Coach's conference call from this morning. Again, kind of turned the, uh, the, the whole week it's turned toward Carolina now as the team goes into that full preparation mode on this Wednesday. Uh, certainly one of the big storylines going into Sunday is that we'll get our first look at rookie running back slash receiver Christian McCaffrey. And head coach Sean Payton was asked about the rookie uh, from Stanford. Well, look, he, he provides a variable personnel groupings. Um, when he enters the game, you know, there there are a handful of things that you got to defend. A, I, I think he's a very good runner. Um, B, you see him in the passing game, and then you see him in roles, which you have to defend. And it might be with Stewart on the field as well. Um, so they've done a good job in the first two weeks of of really getting in and out of a handful of per- personnel groupings, but forcing you to account for him. Um, he's versatile. Uh, obviously, we're very familiar with the player uh, having just come out. Um, and then we haven't even talked about his special team snaps. Another storyline, as you already uh, are a, have been made aware, I think, <laughs> is that the fact that uh, tight end Greg Olson has been placed on injured reserve now for the Panthers. There's a chance after he's had now successful surgery that we'll see Olson when the Panthers come here to New Orleans later in the season. But Olson will be out uh, on Sunday against the Saints. Well, look, he is a significant piece. Um, I think that offense, though, over the years has played well when they've missed uh, when they've missed a, a key contributor. Um, but he's someone that uh, that is, you know, provides such a balance on the other side of the field. And if he's if he's opposite of Benjamin, there becomes challenges with where you're going to roll coverage. Um, but we're just going to have to be ready for um, that combination of Dixon when he's in the game or how they're going to play Manhurts. They signed a fullback yesterday. There's some, a little bit of unknown. All right. So there you have it. Some of the highlights from the uh, teleconference this morning with the media head coach. Sean Payton. All right, as we mentioned, we've got two great guests for you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll welcome in um, a frequent guest of ours at least twice a year, sometimes three, uh, depending on whether uh, Mick is available to give us a a draft preview in the offseason. But certainly whenever the Saints and the Panthers uh, lock up in division play, we love to get the perspective of the voice of the Panthers. Mick Mixon here on the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. There are plenty of good reasons to attend the Sanderson Farms Championship. About 150,000 good reasons. Batson Children's Hospital, part of Children's of Mississippi, averages 150,000 patient visits a year. And each year, proceeds from the championship support these patients by donating to Friends of Children's Hospital. Last year, the championship raised over $1 million for Friends. So join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship, October 23rd through 29th at the Country Club of Jackson. Good reason for a great time. 50 years ago, a groovy new golf gig first teed off in Mississippi. The tournament now known as the Sanderson Farms Championship. To celebrate, join us October 23rd through 29th at the Country Club of Jackson for first-class golf, waves of fun, and 100% natural Sanderson Farms chicken, all to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. Don't miss this 50th anniversary celebration. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for tickets today. 
We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, one of the best things about division play for the New Orleans Saints is it gives us, obviously, a chance to talk to some of our good friends, and that includes the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon, who joins us here as the Saints get ready for Carolina on Sunday afternoon. Mick, good to talk to you again, and here we go, the start of division play for these two teams. Yeah, I'm mad at you guys. Y'all got Michael Ho'omanawanui, which exceeds the consonant limit and syllable limit that NFL players should have for old broadcasters like me. But I've been working on it, so hopefully he'll be inactive or won't catch about 13 passes. <laughs> but, um, no, it's great to hear your voice. I appreciate it, Sean. And uh, we look forward to it. This is an interesting Panther team. Defensively, this group's pretty salty. Eight quarters, no touchdowns, as I'm sure you've counseled your audience. But we also got a little lucky because uh, had Buffalo hooked up on that one last pass on fourth down on Sunday, we could be talking about a one-and-one Carolina Panther team. Yeah, a bit of a razor's edge, that's for sure. But you're right, though, Mick, and I don't care who the opponents are. Carolina's defense has looked outstanding here through the early going. Well, Drew, that's true, but Drew Brees has that thing where he he plays speed chess a couple moves ahead of where normal people normally would see the board so uh and he's seen it all i mean he's seen every look and every every coverage every disguise in the world so i don't think there's much the panthers can do schematically i think it'll just come down to you know alignment assignment football what's your your read on this matchup and and how you know how badly do the saints seems to me like the panthers would like this game but the saints have to have it well, the Saints have to have it, that's for sure. And I think Carolina might be happy that they're catching the Saints at the time of the season where their offensive line is in so much flux. And that's why maybe that chess match is a little more evenly tilted this time around. And let's not underestimate the chess abilities of one Luke Keekley here either, Mick. Keekley's like that rook on the board. He can go this way fast and he can go this way fast. And he's incredible. Uh, he's probably the best zone drop pass coverage linebacker since Brian Urlacher was a younger man. The way he reads, the way he sees the field, and also the way he studies. It's a little bit of an insult to Luke to say that he's just got great savvy and great instincts. He does have those, but the taproot of his anticipation, his ability to to jump routes and to intervene is is runs into a, a deep, vein of of study i mean he just he's a studier he's a worker and that's one reason he's so good mick when you look at the carolina defense is the secondary playing the way they are because of pressure applied up front or is it the secondary that might be helping out the defensive pressure up front by sticking to their assignments for a longer period of time than expected maybe more the but more the first one the secondary is not bad. The Panthers are not bad in the back end. This whole defensive scheme, Sean, as you know, is a it's a gap control, stress the line of scrimmage, attacking D. This defense depends on it. Doesn't just depend on it. Requires physical corners. Deion Sanders corners, you know, finesse corners would have a harder time playing in this defense because this Sean Wilkes or Steve Wilkes, rather, our defensive coordinator, Sean, he wants these corners to target a hip chase that hip, make the tackle. You've got to come up and support the run. So Worley and Bradbury are good at doing that. The safeties, Adams and Coleman, are both thumpers. Now behind that, it gets a little bit of, okay, check your media guide. Everybody, somebody wear a name tag. Which which 
which one is it this week. But as long as that front seven is is collapsing the pocket, I think maybe me and you and your producer plus one other slightly better athlete, we, we'd have at least a, a chance back there. Yeah, maybe in a half field. Let's 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 not go crazy here. Uh <laughs> Mick, what's what are some of the storylines on the other side of the football? What is what is your take so far on the uh on the Panthers offensive unit through the first two weeks? Tons of weapons. Before Olsen got hurt, Sean, this was this presentation is as good as it gets in the NFL. When the Panthers break the huddle prior to Olsen getting hurt, you got a robust, versatile core of running backs. You got a stout O line with the addition of Matt Khalil at left tackle. Very good guard center combination. You got uh, one of the best tight ends in football, record setting tight end Greg Olson. You got big, rangy wide receivers. Uh, the ceiling is extremely high for Funches in the slot, uh, Benjamin at split end, speed in the rookie, Samuel and McCaffrey. It just it doesn't get any better. It's just weapons, weapons everywhere. But things are, you know, things are a little, aren't as good as they seem on paper. Cam Newton's had some ring rust, he's missed some easy throws. He'll still make plays no other quarterback can make, but he'll miss plays that any quarterback should make. With Olsen out, where does where does the help come from then in, in, in with regards to that uh, that outlet for Cam Newton? I think Chris Manhurts, who is, if I'm not mistaken, he's been a saint. Mm-hmm. Chris Manhurts, the star, the the NFL star making machinery, could. Could crank up and annoy Chris Manhurts. He's six six, played basketball at Canisius, so he's he's twitchy. He can run and catch, but can he? And he's an excellent blocker, but can he? Can he? Can he be depended on? Can he be counted on? Well, I think we're getting ready to find out. Mick, you mentioned that the the Panthers' offense hasn't quite matched the paperwork as of yet. Uh, when it comes to the run game and maybe specifically Christian McCaffrey, uh, what's what's lacking there? What is yet to click? Well, I think that it's just timing, really, Sean. Every offense, and the Saints are are like Bruce Lee, fists of fury, good at this, but every offense has blitz beaters, has plays that are designed to slow the pass rush down to to make teams pay for committing additional people to rush the passer. And the Panthers know what those plays are. They've worked on them, but until Carolina gets better, and they weren't very good at this against Buffalo. This isn't just what I'm. I think this isn't just me talking. I, I think the coaches would tell you the same thing. Ball's got to get out of there a little quicker. The, until the Panthers get better at those side adjustments, the hot reads, the screens, the draws, you're going to see that that same Sean McDermott Buffalo Bills game plan, and 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 the Panthers will see it until they figure it out. Sean was with you guys, and I think that may have had something to do with it. And here now the Saints will trot A.J. Klein out there at middle linebacker on Sunday. Is that institutional knowledge trumped up uh, more than it should be, or does it really affect these games where there are familiarities? Uh, You're asking me very good questions, but these are difficult questions because the answer is not (laughs) either black or it's white. It's a little gray. My answer is... The best I can do for this question is that if the game's close, then that intel tends to be an advantage. I think it was a huge advantage for for Buffalo because they were they were good on D. They kept the game close. They seemed to know they seemed to to, to know just where the weaknesses were, and they they sat Cam Newton six times. Had the Panthers taken care of business, had Carolina gotten some touchdowns when they got down close, the intel wouldn't have 
mattered because the Panthers were better than Buffalo. So I think in this case, I don't know who the better team is, but if it's close, then then A.J. Klein's familiarity with what the Panthers like to do offensively could could be, you know, the margins are so thin in the NFL. Any little thing like that can mean a lot. Smart observation there. You know, it's interesting that these two teams will see each other at this point in the season. With one team at 2-0, and one is at 0-2, and, and and seemingly in a real trouble spot here with the New Orleans Saints. Yet in a division rivalry such as this, um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm dancing around this cliche here as I did in the previous question. Mick, any concern on, on Carolina's part, you think, this week that they are running into a team that seemingly has – been unable to make anything go right as New Orleans has, has uh, shown us in the first two weeks? Of course. I mean, I guarantee you, you could put Drew Brees with 10 insurance adjusters wearing cardigan sweaters out on the field, and the Panther defensive coaches would be nervous. They'd be up late. They'd be here early because they, they, they would know that Brees – He's got the singular ability to make offensive football look ridiculously easy. So couple that with the fact that this team really needs this game. The Panthers have been there. It's early in the season. You, you know, you could still recover from from 0 and 3, but it's a divisional game. It's a home game. The Panthers go on the road, Sean. After this, for four out of five, October has five games in it for the Panthers, and four are on the road. So you don't want to go on the road having just just gotten licked by by a divisional rival, New Orleans. That's zero and two. Where do you think Carolina tries to push? Uh, go for a pressure point against New Orleans, and maybe the flip. What what, do you, what would you expect? Something that New Orleans would try and, I guess, exploit in Carolina's um, play so far. Well, I'm, I try not to coach the team from the press box, although I am undefeated uh, from the press box. But <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I think that New Orleans will will look at at Buffalo versus Carolina and say, let's do that. I mean, let's bring pressure from everywhere. Let's tell Cam Newton, we know you can run, but we know you probably don't want to run much. We know that shoulder's been surgically rehabbed in the off season. You don't have the reps. Now we know you'll hit some shots on us, but we're coming from everywhere. We're going to bring pressure, pressure, pressure until you prove to us that. That, that you can, can handle it and beat it. And, and I think that the Saints would try to stop the run on the way to Cam Newton and, and, and just single. If they, that means they have to single up Benjamin Funches, then, 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 then do it. Do it that way. You cannot let the Panthers get in the eye and one tight, two tights, one back. Uh, you can't let the Panthers go Stuart McCaffrey. Stuart McCaffrey just run the ball. Right, right down the field. The Panthers done a great job with cl- controlling the clock and time of possession in these two wins. Uh, let me see. Conversely, uh, I think that I think that the Panthers will want to try to, if possible, establish the run against the Saints team. Where, where do you think that the, the significant action will be on Sunday? It take your pick. Unfortunately, Mick. Uh, you know, for Saints fans, they've seen. They've seen breakdowns in every facet of the game, but I, I like where you're going with this because New Orleans has been gashed with the run here in their first two ball games, and Tom Brady's use of his running backs both on the ground and in the air have been exemplary. So with that being said, you might be right on to this as far as Carolina wants to keep this tightened up and, and, and in a very ball control type setting, 
And at the same time, that would also, if they're successful at it, provide the gas that they need to, to move ahead and play out from in front. I, maybe that's it. And, and, and with that being said, Mick, that, that would take us right up front offensively and defensively in line play. And, and certainly Carolina is, is stout enough, wouldn't you say, up front? Oh, I think so. I'm just sitting here thinking about how the, the Saints might play it defensively. I mean, if I was a D coordinator, I might think let's blitz and leave a zone uncovered. Uh, if, we get, if, if, if we get beat, Cam, New, Cam Newton so far has, has had the proclivity this season to, to miss fire on open receivers anyway. So it might be a gamble you might want to take. But, yeah, the Panthers, no matter what, no matter what, the, you know, people used to know what Mike Tyson's strategy was going to be. You could study Mike Tyson and know what he was going to do when the bell rang. But then once you got clubbed in the face and in the arm and in the shoulder and then anywhere he hit you and you, you realize the violence that this man brought and all this, a lot of the strategy went out the window. So I think from a Panther standpoint, that might be how they might want to approach this game. Yeah, I think so too. Hey, Mick, before I let you go, let, let, let me uh, go go this route with you. Obviously, these two teams know each other as they do, being division opponents, and I think the fan bases are well knowledgeable, or uh, excuse me, um, well versed on, on the other as well. So is there something new with the Carolina Panthers that perhaps has either been underreported or is new enough that Saints fans this week will see something different about Carolina than, say, they've known the last year or two? Well, I'd say it'd be one new and one old. I mean, and both have been reported. But Julius Peppers is like that eight, that that cut of prime aged beef with no expiration date. He he just he he's playing some of the best football of his career. I think he likes this team. He said after the Buffalo game, Sean, this is the best defense he's ever been on. The other thing would be Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's been compared to. As I mentioned, he's been compared to, to backs like Curtis Martin, like Reggie Bush with his skill set, and I think he's just getting going. So Saints fans, I, I think, will enjoy seeing just a, a, an any-era, versatile, skilled, tough football player in, in Christian McCaffrey. Interesting. Loved watching his dad play. I can't wait to see Christian play this weekend uh, in person, that's for sure. Mick, all the best. Safe travels this week to you and uh, the Panthers as you all get ready. I know... New Orleans is heading your way and then off to London after that. So enjoy one of these home games you referred to before all that travel coming out of October. No doubt, man. Always good talking to you. Thank you. Voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon here with us on the Black and Blue Report. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn our attention to basketball and visit with Darius Miller here on the Pelican side. The guys are getting ready for training camp on Monday. Darius, I looked it up earlier today because I had kind of lost track. You're 27 years old now? 27? Getting old, man. Getting old, man. I still remember when you came to this franchise after the draft in 2012. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A long time ago, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. 
Darius will be, of course, competing for time. I guess it's small forward here coming up for the New Orleans Pelicans. He rejoins the franchise here this summer. It's great to have you back, by the way. Your, your smile is infectious. Your play is uh, contagious. And uh, I'm just really thrilled that the Pelicans were able to get you back here. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to be back, too. And um, I can't wait to get started. Uh, I feel like we all have a huge opportunity here, so I'm ready to get going. Where you been? Let's get fans updated on that. It's been a kind of a whirlwind here for the last couple of years. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've been in uh, Germany, in Bamberg, Germany, um, for the past couple of years. It's really good for me. Really, really good for me. Uh, a great place, great, great organization. So uh, it was, it was good for me to go there and grow. Why was it so good? And, and what did you need growth in? Everything, <laughs> everything. Uh, I mean, just getting married, having kids, growing up. Uh, playing playing basketball at a pretty high level it was just it was just good for me to mature and just to grow up you know um live life uh just just grow man <laughs> I don't even no I I agree because I remember I remember when you left us the last time and you were going to go overseas it just it got I got the impression you were just stuck and stuck in a lot of different ways yeah definitely 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 um um, back then, I, I don't know, man. It was just like you said, I was stuck in a spot, and um, it was good for me to get away and um, just just get a different experience, you know, um, on a different team. Get get to play, um, get to spend time with my family, and um, get to mature. Did you learn a new German while you were there? No, no, no. <laughs> and my teammates they would only teach me cuss words, so hey, <laughs> my teammates wasn't too much help. But uh, no, no. But it's. We tried a little bit. My my daughter, my oldest daughter, she was in school over there, so she would pick up a little bit of German and come home speaking German. So we had to try a little bit, but I, I wasn't too good. My wife's way better. The food must not have been very good. You're more slim than the last time I saw you. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. But that was just one of the ways I had to grow, man. I'm down here eating company burger and jambalaya and all that stuff all day. And, um, I mean, it just I didn't know the effect that it had on my body, so now I can – Focus on um, nutrition a lot more, um, especially with my wife helping me with that. And we just learned over the years uh, what's what's good for us, you know. So it's way better. Darius, what's different about your game? What will I notice when training camp opens next week? Um, my jumper's way more consistent. Um, I feel like I've always been able to shoot, but I wasn't as consistent as I wanted to be last time around. Um, just everything, man. Everything really. I've I've just gotten better. I've gotten way better. Um, I think most of it was a <clears throat> confidence thing. Um, most of it, a lot of it was mental. A lot of it was me taking care of my body. But uh, just in every every way, really, every way, uh, I feel like I've gotten better. I'm hearing more and more folks talk about the Pelicans in the upcoming season, and they say, "Wow, okay, Darius is back, and Rondo's been added, and Tony Allen, and Dante gets back over here, and of course the Cousins thing happened back in the spring." I think more and more people are saying, hey, okay, I, I I get it, but will it all fit? Will it all work? I guess time will only tell. But if you were asked that question, I guess I'm asking you right now, what, what would you say? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't tell what's going to happen in the future. But, uh, I mean, anything can happen. But the way that I see it, I feel like we should be able to compete with, with just about anybody. I feel like we have a good team. We have a lot of pieces. Um it might take a little bit of time to 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 get to get everything together. Um, we got a lot of new pieces, so I mean, we're just we're just grinding. We're grinding. I feel like everybody's on the same page, so I, I know something good to come out of it. Give me an idea of what this group is like together, because there has been time spent together over the last couple of months. Surely, there's a story that will give me an example of what that group is like together. 
I don't know if I got any specific stories, honestly, but uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. A lot of there's a lot of characters on the team, so and uh, everybody gets along pretty well, which which I feel like is really really good. Uh, I feel like our chemistry should be pretty good. Uh, like I said, you never know um, what could happen, but uh, I feel like as of right now, we got really good team chemistry. I feel like um, everybody gets along and, and we have fun doing it, which is a which is a, a big part of it. Everybody's coming in and, and grinding, so. I feel like we, I feel like it all worked together. How was the camp, quote unquote, at Kentucky? Coach Cal told me that he was pretty impressed by the way that you all worked together. Um, it was good. It was good. It was really good for the team. I think that was like really the first week that everybody decided to get together and just play some pickup and stuff like that. And uh, I think it made it really good for us. Uh, it helped us to build something. And um, I think that was like our little foundation week. So we 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 just tried to continue to build after that. Who's leading this group right now? Man, we got a lot of people with a lot of experience. Um, I think that's kind of different than when I was here last time. We got some amazing vets. They just added T.A., who is another amazing vet. So I think you're going to have different guys leading um, in in different ways. Um, I feel like um, A.D. has matured a lot. He's grown a lot. He's been in the league. His experience um, has, has helped him out a lot. So... I feel like you have a lot of different guys that can lead in different days, and um, I think everybody's willing to accept that too. So it, it'll be really good for us. What are you eager to see as far as Alvin Gentry's system goes and how you'll fit into the way that he would like you all to play? Honestly, I'm just, I'm just ready to get going, man. We've been, I've been talking to the guys about some stuff, um, just, just some of the plays, some of the actions, and um, – Man, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for the for the wing guys to get open looks, man. You got DeMarcus, you got AD, you got Rondo, you got Drew. That's a lot of attention being demanded by those guys. So I feel like um, the rest of us are going to have a lot of opportunities at open looks. I know you're older, wiser, smarter. Darius, right now you seem more excited about this new chance in the NBA than, than you did coming out of Kentucky when you were drafted by New Orleans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like you said, just being older and more mature. Uh, last time around, um, my goal was to get here. When I got here, it was just like, okay, I'm here. What now? But um, now I feel like uh, I've been around a few times. Um, I mean, I know I know what to do. I know what to expect. And I'm just excited to get going. Um, just seeing the other side of things, uh, experiencing the overseas life and stuff like that uh, helps you to not take take stuff for granted, you know what I mean? And um I'm really, I'm really excited, especially to do with a lot. I've known a lot of these guys, so it's good to see familiar faces, get on the court with with people that you feel like you can mesh with. So it's it's, it's going to be exciting, I think. I, I agree. I can't wait. It'll next week's gonna be here really fast, isn't it? I'm I'm, I'm glad too. I'm ready to get going. <laughs> Media day is Monday. Practice starts Tuesday. Training camp will be a race because the preseason games will start on October 3rd. There's only four of them this year, and then. The season will start on October the 18th at Memphis. By the way, you can catch Darius Miller and the rest of his teammates in an open practice one week from Saturday. It'll be an open practice at Smoothie King Center. Pelicans.com has all the information. Great to talk to Darius Miller today. Same goes for Mick Mixon of the Carolina Panthers. And we thank you for being with us on this Wednesday. Enjoy. We'll talk to you Friday. We'll start to drill down even a little more on Saints and Panthers this weekend. Until then, I'm Sean Kelly. Talk to you next time.